Surprise, surprise. Week 12 of the NFL season was filled with ineptitude, either it be from teams or um, either it be from the league, the NFL, Roger Goodell itself. We'll get into that and more. Uh, this is our NFL Week 12 breakdown. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen. We'll be joined later with uh, by Alex uh, for our um, hot takes, for our buy or sell segment, for a little firing off with the AK right there. But we'll get to that later. I want to start you guys off with our Thanksgiving games. Of course, this was the Texans at the Lions. Texans taking this one 41 to 25. And of course, our traditional um, game of the year where we get to sit down on Thanksgiving with our friends and family and watch the Lions get blown out on national television. It's just what goes on this year. And it's just the way it is, man. It, it, it's just tradition at this point. Uh, it was Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller going off, though, getting things done. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 318 yards, uh, four touchdowns through the air. Will Fuller with six grabs for 170 yards and a couple touchdowns on his own. And those aren't even the biggest storylines coming from this game because it was a end game at best. I mean, what's new? Uh, Houston's a good, they can be a good team, and the Lions can be an awful team. There's nothing new we learned from that. But the biggest things to take away is that Matt Patricia and the, um, as long with the Alliance GM, Bob Quinn, have been fired from the team. And all I have to say, it's about damn time. You'll hear a little more about this uh, later when we get to the buy or sell segment. I got something to say about NFL coaching trees. Let's just leave it at that. Now, the news for the Texans this time is that Will Fuller it has been suspended six games for PEDs. Apparently, he's been given medication by a doctor, which they did not know was a legal supplement. So, we'll see how uh, where this goes. We're also talking about Will Fuller in our buy or sell segment as well. The other Thanksgiving game was the Washington, name redacted, at the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys get blown the hell out in our... Now, last game of Thanksgiving lineup, 41-16, to and it's Washington doing this on the back of running back Antonio Gibson. 20 carries, 115 yards, and a whole three touchdowns for that guy for that game. What's new, though? The Cowboys offense is still incredibly awful, and Washington's out here making a run at a divisional crown. Of course, this divisional crown, that's not going to mean too much in the long term because not only does it take not that much to actually win it, but also it might just result in a playoff uh, demolition for the NFC East team. It also may result, in, it will result in a way worse draft pick. And uh, we'll talk about Washington. Are they actually kind of underrated? Is Terry McLaren, Terry, is Scary Terry up there? Is he underrated as well? We'll talk about that later with Alex. Um, our next game on the schedule was the Raiders at the Falcons. And the Falcons absolutely put a beat down on the Raiders. And I really I really shouldn't be surprised about this. Because, of course, what happens is I'll praise a uh, player. I'll praise a team. Then the week, the, the very next week, they'll go out and they'll make me look like a moron. And that's exactly what the Raiders did to me. Of course, in our NFL Week 11 breakdown, I was saying that the Raiders' offense is underrated in a lot of cases and that Derek Carr has been having a great year. So what happens is that underrated offense in that Derek Carr that's having a great year goes out and does horrible. Uh, I, I mean, dude, the Falcons with a pick six in the third, you did nothing on offense. I mean, I've never seen this before. I've never seen a quarterback... Score is zero 
fantasy points. It really is. <laughs> it's unbelievable what, what that Rangers team is capable of, whether it be good or bad. And it's not in the Falcons didn't win this game because of Matt Ryan um, and, and because of any other players. It's because of their defense and because of AAF legend Youngway Koo. This guy is an absolute animal. He's the leading scorer in the league right now. He's has like he's first in almost every single uh, place kicking um, category that you can be in, and he's just having a phenomenal year so far. Young Waiku getting done over there in Atlanta. He's pretty much their MVP at this point. And you got to ask what happened to the Raiders. And what happened with the Raiders is that they're still trying to learn their offense. They don't have the best, the greatest of head coaches, and their talent is still questionable when they're not playing. And when you it was a disappointing defense too, which is the weird thing. An inconsistent and bad defense that the Falcons have, and this loss is very concerning for the Raiders. Of course, they play a little hot and cold. We'll see how they show up next week. It's going to be a big week for them, especially if they want to make that playoff push that a lot of people are expecting them to make. Seeing within the AFC West, let's take you on over to the Chargers as they played in uh, Buffalo at the Bills and. This was just a sloppy game that the Bills kind of escaped with with a win with 27-17 being your final score. Both quarterbacks here with disappointing performances. Uh, you say disappointing in, in Justin Herbert, but I mean, well, disappointing for him is still 316 yards, but only, I say it's weird, only one touchdown to uh, in one interception. Whereas Josh Allen, on the other hand, he only threw for about 150 yards. He had one rush, I mean, uh, one rush TD, normally a touchdown through the air, and then an interception. It's just just not the best of games is really all this was. It was sloppy play for both teams. I mean, the Chargers gave up a trick play with a Cole Beasley touchdown, which who we were uh, expecting from that one. That was just phenomenal. Though. Very well executed, I have to say. Give the Bills credit for that. Uh, but uh, the bright spot from this, probably the brightest spot, is going to be the Chargers getting the running back back. I mean, Eckler goes out there in his return from the IR. He goes out and puts up 130 total yards. Feeling good for fantasy owners like me that finally got him back. And also that Chargers team is going to be a lot more dynamic with him. I can't wait to see what he looks like with Justin Herbert at the helm. Um, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm excited for this. Of course, that's really the only thing I'm excited for. Excited nonetheless. Our next game was the Giants taking on the Bungles, with the Giants taking this one 19 to 17 in the game that just another game that was just not good, and it's won by place kicking. Because yeah, Graham Gano um, and Wayne Gallman doing it all for the Giants. And Graham Gano with 14 out of the 19 points of him with four field goals. Gallman with about 100 yards rushing and a touchdown to be the only touchdown for the Giants this game. And believe it or not, we we're talking about fantasy. Wayne Gallman has statistically been the most consistently good fantasy player this season. Who the hell would have thought that would be the case? Uh, the Bengals only sound life in this game really was a kickoff return of the first, which, although very exciting, it was about it. I mean, the Bengals are even more screwed without Joe Burrow. They're just not a good team. Brent Allen or um, Allen's not going to get it done up there in Cincinnati. And they're just kind of screwed at this point. If they weren't screwed even with Joe Burrow, they're definitely screwed now. And it's the Giants getting this win um, because they ha if they want to save pace, want to keep their number one spot in the division, uh, Washington won on Thursday, so they have to win. They go out, and they're still your top team in the NFC East. 
Next game was probably one of the most surprising wins, or at least performances, in all of Week 12. And that was the Titans taking on the Colts, and the Titans taking this one 45-26 to in a huge AFC South game. And now the Titans do take sole possession of the AFC um, South crown, um, or division. It was a really good Colts defense. Really good Colts defense that got demolished, and mostly thanks to not not Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan Tannehill defined AJ Brown defined, uh, but it's it's Derrick Henry, man. Derrick Henry is just on another plane of existence right now. He's just absolutely amazing. He's crushing everything he does. There's no stopping Derrick Henry. We'll talk to, uh, about him in our Barcel segment. Is he a top three MVP candidate? Should he be a top three MVP candidate? Who are the top three MVP candidates? We'll get to that. Just stay tuned for that. But all I know is Derrick Henry, he gets almost 40 carries for 180 yards and three touchdowns. He is the lifeblood of this Titans team, and that and they know that. I mean, their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is based off the, the play-action game. He's the best quarterback in the league when it comes to, to throwing off a play-action. And that's exactly the way they want to keep it. They have an offense that really works well for them. And they just have to play their style of games. And they're going to do well this season. And they're probably going to be your representative out of the AFC South. The Colts are, though, very close. Very close. You don't have a guy like Derrick Henry. So that's going to put you at a disadvantage. Just the way it goes. Now, the next game, we had the Panthers taking on the Vikings. And the Vikings kind of escaped with a last-second win with this one. Uh, they come back late, um, about the last two minutes of the game. They go up. They beat the Panthers 28-27. to And it's Kirk Cousins continuing a good season. And it's Justin Jefferson remaining one of the top rookies in the league. It's Kirk Cousins goes out for another 300 passing yards, another three touchdowns, and surprisingly no interceptions to go along with that. I'm telling you that when he got that win on Monday, uh, on Monday night a couple weeks ago, the Monday night Messiah where, that he's now known as, shaking, he finally gaining a win on any Monday night. He's a changed quarterback. He's a changed man. And that Vikings, I'm telling you, they had a little bit of, of a bump in the road last week. But I'm telling you, they're going to be making a playoff push this season. Just you wait and see. There's also Justin Jefferson, uh, 70 yards, a couple touchdowns. Great performance right there. They do find with Adam Thielen out of the lineup due to COVID reasons. Justin Jefferson is the man there. He's definitely going to do well in replacing Stephon Diggs. And that whole deal with the Stephon Diggs trade uh, is working out for the Bills. It's working out for the Vikings. Good trade for both teams is what we're seeing right now. It's the Panthers, on the other hand, though, with a close game that they can't finish. This has been the case in multiple games now, um, a handful of them this season. But nonetheless, I still like what I see from that Panthers team. They're still rebuilding. They're still growing. Still like what I see out of that rule, that offense, that defense is coming along. If you're a Panthers fan, I believe you should have a... You should have hope, and you should be looking forward to a team that's going to be good in the coming years. And like I said about the Vikings, you're really close to the playoffs. They're going to make a playoff push, and they're only one game out. They're only one game out of those playoffs, especially with that added seven seed. That's going to really help them out this season. Our next game was the Cardinals at the Patriots, and the Patriots actually get it done with a defensive performance, winning this game to 20-17. 20, 20 I'm saying defensive because it was a 
ugly, ugly game for both offense, really. Uh, the Pites, Pat, Patriots just kind of grinded it out. Cam Newton, non-existent, 84 yards, two interceptions. Uh, the only sign for, of life for the Cardinals was Kenyon Drake, who's also talking about Wayne Gallman. Kenyon Drake is actually one of the better fantasy um, uh, performers when it comes to having consistently good and reliable games. He goes out here about 80 yards, a couple touchdowns. If you're fancy, that's phenomenal. If you're the Cardinals, just not enough, but you can't expect him to do all the work. Because if you're the Cardinals, you have to take a look at your offense and you have to be concerned out of the performances that you put up the last couple weeks. Uh, last week, you had a big game against the Seattle Seahawks and you got to lay an egg. You only put up 21 points against that horrendous Saints defense. You can't do that. And then you have, it gets a good Patriots defense, but still uh, um, above average defense nonetheless. And with the offensive talent that you have, if, if you're the Cardinals, you can't put up 17 against a team like this, especially when they're giving you turnovers, especially when you're getting shorter fields. You can't only put up 17 against this team and, and expect to make the playoffs and expect to do something good. I mean, the, the Cardinals had a lot of momentum. They were leading the division at one point, and now they're not. They're back to third. They got a they got to regroup. They got to look at what they're doing offensively and make some big changes in the coming weeks because if they want to make that playoff push like a lot of people um, expect them to, they're, they're going to have to change a few things. All right, next game, going for the Patriots team within the AFC East. Let's go to the Dolphins. And they take on the Jets. And surprise, surprise, the Jets stay perfect on the season while the Dolphins bounce back. And by perfect, I mean they're still winless 0-11. Uh, that's perfect in my books. That's the best the Jets can ever do at this point. 23 was your score. Ryan Fitzpatrick stepping in for the now, let's put it in quotes, injured to a tug of Iloa. Uh, of course, that's probably the the, the probably the, the, the case with that. I mean, he had the thumb injury. Also, he just did not that look that good in their game last week against the Broncos. But I don't believe – I believe if he's he fully healthy, he'd be playing this game. So I wouldn't be super concerned with that. Um, there's no controversy there. But it's Ryan Fitzpatrick stepping up, 250 yards, a couple touchdowns, um, and putting, doing a, uh, putting a good game together for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's Sam Darnold. He made his return after uh, taking a number of games off due to injury. And what's he doing in his return game? He goes out and he throws two interceptions. Yeah, Sam Darnold, you're so good and you suck at quarterback. Uh, he's now three for eight um, in terms of touchdowns and interceptions on the season. And that's just within seven games. Not good. Not good at all. Our next game would be the Browns at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this was a lot closer than it should have been. With the Browns only winning by a couple points here at 27 to 25. And it really is bad when your quarterback for the Browns, Baker Mayfield, is getting almost outdueled by the legend in Mike Glennon. I mean, Glennon, 235 yards, a couple touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, about 206 yards, a couple touchdowns. I was actually thoroughly impressed for what we've seen out of Glennon. I was not expecting a performance like that, especially against a good Browns defense. Uh, like I said, the, the the game shouldn't have been this close. Because, yeah, the Jags scoring with, uh, touchdown with two minutes left to make it look a little closer than it should have been. But at the same time, the Jags went for a unnecessary two-point conversion in the third, and they failed to convert that. And since they failed to convert their two-point conversion after their late touchdown, they lose by two. But if you look at those plays, if you just kick the PAT, especially with that first one in the third, you could just tie the game up and you could have sent it to overtime. Who knows? You could have won. But it's the Jags. We can't expect anything good. That was probably better for them anyway that they lose this game. Just work on getting better draft position because they need to rebuild. 
And if you're the Browns and Browns fans, let's rejoice this week because for the first time since 2007, the Browns clinch a non-losing season. Now, they haven't gone a winning season yet. They still need one more win for that. It's likely. But they're not going to go 7-9 or worse this season. So, congrats to them. And now, probably the weirdest game we've ever seen and the most talked about game, maybe besides the, the Steelers-Ravens game, is the Saints at the Broncos. And it's the Saints just running away with this one, 31-3. But are you really surprised considering that the Broncos play literally without a quarterback on the roster due to COVID? I mean, I was saying earlier when we started the show that the NFL is just inept and they made mistakes. This game was a mistake. You could easily bump this game. I mean, on Tuesday, all those quarterbacks test negative. So you could have had that game on Tuesday. We could have had that Tuesday night game instead of making a team go out there with literally no quarterback. Their quarterback was Kendall Hinton. He is a practice squad wide receiver that just was cut and re-signed like a month ago. He was promoted the day of to the active roster. He had two, about 200, he had 251 um, passing, passes attempted when he was in college, and they go out and they tried to make him into an NFL quarterback in a day. What do you expect? One for nine, 13 yards, a couple interceptions. It, it, it's so awful that the NFL put the Broncos into this position. They, this game should not have happened. I mean, it, the Ravens get all the chances in the world. They keep on getting pushed back and stuff like that just because Lamar Jackson's out. Look at the Patriots, a team that the Broncos had to deal with earlier in the season because the Patriots had COVID issues. I mean, it was only a couple guys too. It was like Cam Noon and another player, and they pushed that game back. They canceled the Broncos by week for that. The Broncos keep getting screwed over by the NFL, but that also doesn't matter when the the league, quite frankly, probably doesn't care about you anymore. That's what happens without one of the greatest owners of all time, Pat Bowen, and that there's ownership issues with the Broncos. If they had an actual owner, maybe this wouldn't have happened. That's something they're going to need to take a look at. But the Saints, uh, still, to get away from the controversy, let's talk about the game. Uh, they, the Saints are still a super one-dimensional offense. They have zero passing game. Taysom Hill, 9 for 16, 78 yards in the interception. He did have the two touchdowns on the ground. Lamar Murray did have the 124 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. That's all fine and well. But when you actually go against a, a legitimate team that has an offense, and if the Broncos defense did well, but you can't do anything when you have no offense. If you're going to run into the problems if you're the Saints right now. This is why Jameis Winston is a better option for you guys. Uh, and, and the crazy thing is, though, that the Broncos with no quarterback, they did better than the Bucks with Tom Brady. The Buccaneers got shut out in a couple weeks ago by, by the Saints. And Brady threw three interceptions and not just two. So this means that the Broncos are better than the Bucks somehow uh, with football math. And it's the Broncos with just one completion for the first time in NFL history since 2013. When the Broncos did that with Tim Tebow. Damn, that's a bad stat to hear if you are a Broncos fan. But hey, shout out to the legend Tim Tebow. We, we can't lie that that was one of the greatest 8-8 seasons you will ever see in your life. Our next game going to the NFC West, a very tough decision, or a division, sorry, is the 49ers actually getting a win 23-20, and they beat LA with a last-second field goal with their JV team. It was Jared Goff kind of crapping the bed. He had under 200 yards, two interceptions, and one of them was a pick six. And the Rams finished with four total turnovers in this game, just really sloppy offensively. And the crazy thing is, is that the Niners could be a really good team. 
if it wasn't for having almost every single player on their team get injured. They could actually be legitimate. But if you're a Niner fan, you just kind of got to grit your teeth, get through this season because you're not going to do anything. It's probably best if you do as bad as possible so you can get a good draft pick this year so you can just add to the talent that you're going to have next season. That's probably best case scenario at this point. And also, if you are the Niners, you get screwed over once again by your local government um, as they have to play their next two home games. Um not in the Santa Clara County, not in their stadium. They have signed a, a coming agreement with Arizona. They're going to be playing over there in, in Glendale for the next two home games. But it's bad when you find out that you can't play football in your county via Twitter and not actually having the county reach out to you. Arizona, uh, or sorry, the Niners get screwed over by that. Our next game was one of the more anticipated matchups of the week, and that was the Chiefs at the Bucks. And the Chiefs win a close game, 27-24. They survive a late push by the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks were, um, were trailing 27-10. to They go out and put a couple late touchdowns, make it close, but it just wasn't enough. And it's also because that Chiefs offense is just absolutely unreal. Patrick Mahomes, almost uh, over 450 yards on the day, three touchdowns. And then let's... Let's talk about Tyreek Hill. His first quarter was absolutely unreal because he finished his game with almost 270 yards and three touchdowns. All those touchdowns and almost all those yards coming in just the first quarter. And now that is going to be historically one of the greatest performances you'll ever see from a wide receiver. And that is just absolutely remarkable. And it really does show that that Bucks defense, I mean, the Chiefs offense is amazing. There's no denying that. But that Bucks defense is suspect and it is questionable at best. And that's why they're not going to be a good playoff team if they even do make the playoffs. And the crazy thing is Travis Kelsey, if he finished with 82 yards in, um, receiving this game. And out of the top three NFL receiving yard leaders, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are two and three, respectively. That offense is so damn good. And yeah, Patrick Holmes running away with MVP. Good luck trying to stop them. The Bucks are now two games back in the division. Not looking good for them. Moving on to our Sunday night football game. We had the Bears playing at the Packers. And the Bears get embarrassed again. Again. I mean, they're, remember when they were 5-0 on the season? Remember when the Bears were looking there? Perfect record. Top of their division. And now they... <laughs> Oh, there we all knew they were pretenders. It's just a matter of time until they showed it, and now they're really showing it. They've lost their last five. I mean, they're five and six, or they're sorry, they're five and one at one point. They're five and six now, and they're uh, they're now tied for a second division. The Vikings are ahead of them at this point, and it just looks like that division is all but gone. And should they be rebuilding? We'll talk about them in our buyer sell segment. It's Matt Nagy, though, falling 1-5 against the Packers in his career. Obviously, that's not going to get you any brownie points in Chicago. And the game wasn't as close as, as the score shows. 41-25 to is closer than it should have been because the Bears put 14 unanswered in the fourth. The pretty much just garbage time stuff. The game should have been more 41-11. to um, it, It's Rodgers um, and Jones. That connection is still strong. With the early touchdown on the first for them, Rodgers finishes with a couple hundred yards and four touchdowns. Um, and that Mitch and Mitchell Trubisky and that Bears offense is absolutely nothing like the whole game until the fourth. But that's pretty much just garbage time stuff right there. It's bad news if you're if you're a Bears fan. Hey, Khalil Mack, 
Allen Robinson, David Montgomery might be on new teams sooner than you might think. Our Monday night game was the Seahawks at the Eagles, and this was another game that was closer than they should have been. That was like the third game this week that, that is closer than they should have been. So the Eagles score a Hail Mary and the two-point conversion with 12 seconds left, which is pretty much meaningless. But hey, you get your moral victory, you go out and do that. Uh, but it's DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson just running wild as a duo. They once again lead the Hawks to win. Russell Wilson with 230 yards and touchdown himself. DK Metcalf, 10 catches, almost 180 yards receiving. They're just phenomenal. Now, on the other hand, though, Carson Wentz, believe it or not, he's still bad. Another game, another interception. Jalen Hurts didn't enter the game for uh, a play. He completed a pass for his six yards. We'll see where that goes. We talked a couple weeks ago whether or not Jalen Hurts should be the starting quarterback or if he's going to eventually be the starting quarterback this season in Philadelphia. It's just looking like that's the case more and more. Each week we go by, it's looking like Jalen Hurts is going to have his time to shine there in Philly. The worst part about this game is probably is that there is a better that bet $500,000 on the spread and he loses it due to the last minute Hail Mary two-point conversion by the Eagles. And that is just heartbreaking. Uh, they got the Seahawks heading back to the top of that NFC West division on the back of that Rams loss. So it's good for them. They regained their control in that. Uh, in the best division. Yep, best division in football still. Now, we didn't have a Tuesday night football. We had for the first time, I think, that I've ever seen, really. I do not believe that I have seen a Wednesday, not even night, a Wednesday afternoon game until this this day, that that, that uh, until this week. Because we had, on Thursday, I mean, it... it uh, it was just so weird, man. So weird. But the Ravens were taking on the Steelers. The Ravens missing almost every single player on the team. Missing Lamar Jackson. Uh, missing their top two running backs. Missing a crap ton of people on offense and also on the defense as well. And you just have a ugly, awful, just really bad. That first quarter was just so... It... it it hurt to watch, frankly. That game, it, it just really caused me pain trying to watch it this afternoon. I mean, the, the story of the game was a three and out, a three and out, a fumble, a pick, and a pick six. Man, isn't that just absolutely amazing football right there? Aren't you glad they're able to push this game back to be able to watch that? I know I am. And it was, man, that was so bad. I mean, both teams, the Ravens have an excuse because they're out just to bleed everywhere. Pittsburgh kind of has an excuse because they're a little rusty and they didn't, there's a lot of uncertainty with this, but still, you got Pittsburgh uh, playing down to their opponents once again in a, just a bad game. I mean, they only win 19-14, man. Uh, of course, they still go to 11-0, but it's it's kind of a weak 11-0 at this point. Um, finally, though, great news for the Ravens is, I mean, RG3 had a... Yeah, decent game. Decent game on the ground. He was their leading rusher. But that doesn't matter because we saw the young GOAT, Trace McSorley, enter the game. He had a 71-yard uh, touchdown pass. Finishes with 77 yards and a touchdown on the game. If they had him in the full game, who knows? Who knows? They might have actually won this one. But uh, it's going to be Big Ben 
in a rusty game. That Steelers offense looking rusty. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have to be one of the worst 11-0 teams that we've seen in recent history. They're just, yeah, they're they're a good team. They have a great defense. But the offense is just so lackluster at times. And that team is just so wishy-washy at times. It really scares me to put a lot of credit into them when I don't know if they actually deserve that credit right now. But with that being said, there is our breakdown of all the games that happened this week. And without further ado, let's roll the segue. Let's go, that's it. We want to so, ball, we're going to score. Tell them to bring me my money. Yeah. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. So we buying or are we selling? Let's go. Let's get into this. Alex, so firing off with AK. Thanks for uh, joining us for this special segment of Buy or Sell. With you joining us for this on today's episode of the Week 12 uh, NFL Breakdown. So, of course, if you guys don't know how this works, we give you five statements. And you have two options. You buy it or you sell it. Let us know what you think right. down in the comments. Um, let us know on Twitter. Hit us up on Best Way, Alex. Apple Podcast, leave us a five-star review with your take on any one of these or all five statements. All so right. you're saying that our listeners, not if, but when they listen to our podcast and yeah, enjoy yeah. it, and just go down there, click five stars, leave a review, and, and say how awesome we were? That's exactly what I'm saying. It's as easy as that. And it, I mean, it takes like a minute. It takes like a minute. But Less than that. Without further ado, Alex, let's get into this first statement. And that is, Will Fuller being suspended is going to result in a long-term contract for him by yourself. Wow. I like this one. Um, hold on. I, I like, I'm going to buy that one. I really, I, I like that. I mean, cause you already saw Deshaun Watson come out today and in lieu of that news, mm-hmm. he's the Texans need to sign Will Ford a long-term contract. Cause I think he's done a couple things. He's mm-hmm. established himself as Deshaun Watson's go-to guy with Deshaun or Deandre Hopkins out the the front door b he's had a healthy season up to this point which is way more than you can say about any of his previous seasons and c with no will fuller you have brandon cooks and i mean you don't absolutely have, nothing you don't have much else i mean are you relying on randall cobb or jordan akins i mean they just let go of uh, uh kenny stills so mm-hmm. they don't right now which so good for Kenny Stills uh I'm surprised that he has been signed to the Packers yet because that's that's just the obvious answer dude Green yeah Bay. I mean the, why the, are you waiting Packers, so long here's the thing the Packers get get gifted people sign in free agency or pick up in the trade deadline or even pick up on a waiver claim and they still are it's almost like them and Aaron Rodgers or, or the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are in a stalemate to figure out who's going to cave first <laughs> uh it's disappointing but um, you know, I, I really think that this this uh, couldn't have come at a better time for Wolf Four because because mm-hmm. six games left in the season, so he's not going to miss any time next year. No, realize they miss him, and I think they're going to sign him to a long term contract this year. So to your to to, to um, buy or sell this specific statement, Alex, I'm gonna go against you. I'm going to sell this segment. But not because the Texans aren't going to sign Will Fuller to a long-term contract. They are. They have to be. We're past that Bill O'Brien era. You can actually make smart decisions when it comes to putting together a football team. 
but this long-term contract isn't going to be a result of the suspension. He was already going to get one no matter how he ended this season because he has shown that he's able to step up into this role. He has shown that he's able to, to perform at a super high level um, like, like this and able to beat the wide receiver one that we didn't see when uh, DeAndre Hopkins was still, still there. He is the guy. For Deshaun Watson, if you want to build that team, you need to build up a arguably a top five quarterback in the league, Deshaun Watson. And Will Fuller is really stepping into being a top ten wide receiver in his own right. He was going to get that money anyway, but the suspension it, it can't help. But I really don't think it was that big of a factor. I, I think you're underestimating how good Will Fuller is at getting hurt, and <laughs> almost, this is almost like him opting out for the rest of the year, like a. <laughs> First round draft pick out of college, not playing in his bowl game. This is just Will Fuller sitting out the rest of the year um, involuntarily. So he did the Peds is... on purpose, right? He he purposely spiked his supplements, his protein bar, where the hell it was. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's getting the added benefit of taking a PED and not getting hurt. So what more could you ask for if you're? Uh, I guess you can ask to get paid for those six games throughout, but eh, he he's going to be making way more money with this anyway. So it's all oh, yeah. good. But stay on the topic of wide receivers, Alex. Let's talk about the football team and that is terry mclaren the rookie there in washington and maybe washington is a team itself is underrated i think that this is a team with a lot of potential Mm -hmm. you know what what you need in a young rebuilding team um is franchise cornerstones and i think they have three of them right now i think antonio gibson the rookie out of memphis Terry McLaurin and Chase Young are all studs. They, are, I think it's not crazy to say that in three years, those three guys are going to be top five, maybe top 10 in their position. And when you're a rebuilding team like the Washington football team, that's what, that's what you need to build on. And now you can fill in the gaps. You can now have the, uh, um, you know, the, the assets to go draft your franchise quarterback. And you already have – weapons surrounding him so he's not into a, a better situation say alex smith is in franchise quarterback unbelievable I, you know love the guy to death but i'm gonna say that that ship might have sailed a couple days ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no I, I think this is i'm gonna buy this statement because i think terry mclaurin and antonio gibson are studs and one of the hardest things to do as um you know a bad football team is continue to put up ridiculous stats and that's what they've done mm-hmm. Once they surround them with, um, you know, a competent quarterback, a great offensive line, other weapons to take the uh, the attention off of them, I think it's only going to exacerbate how good they are. And uh, I think they have a good direction right now, and they have those franchise cornerstones to build off of. I really just do agree with you on that, Alex. I'm 100% going to buy this. Any bit of the sock that I can buy, I'm going to try is buy as many – uh, pieces of this pie is possible because yes he is a phenomenal i mean we talked last week uh, whether um some of these wide receivers are underrated whether cooper cup is the most under underrated wide receiver in the league we both agreed that he is not and that's because this man right here scary terry over there in washington is causing havoc with backup quarterbacks as the guy he's getting passes from i mean look him he's almost at a thousand yards through 11 games okay is is a rookie on the crap team but mm-hmm. a crap team 
that does have a lot of potential. I really love, I mean, we're talking the, the Panthers. I, we've been talking them up this year. Matt Rule, a really good coaching hire. I like what they're building in, in Carolina, and so do you. I love what they're doing in Washington right now. I mean, speaking about the Panthers and head coaching, Riverboat Ron Vera, not only does he kick the hell out of cancer's ass, he goes out mm-hmm. and he's, what do we hear when he joined the, the football team? He's going to change the culture. What do you do on day one? He took out their foosball table out of the locker room. And look <laughs> where that's led, okay? Taking out foosball tables makes you tied for first in this division. I mean, they're still behind the Giants. And, of course, not saying much. But there's a lot of potential with this team. The The, the football team is underrated, but, but especially Scary Terry. He's an underrated talent out there in Washington. And he's going to be good. For a little bit, especially when you said if they actually get him a quarterback if there. No offense, yeah. Alex Smith. Really do love you, but fortunately, probably not the future of that team. Um, and I'm sure he knows it, too. Yeah. Next statement is that after a ridiculous performance that, that I highlighted um, with Derrick Henry in their game um, against the Colts, I got to say, Alex, Derrick Henry is a top three MVP candidate. What did I tell you a couple weeks ago? It is almost Tractor Cito season. <laughs> that time is now. Tractor Cito is fired up. He's ready to go. He's got a full tank of gas, and he is ready to punish people in the month of December. And I'm going to sell this statement because running backs don't win the MVP. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's just something that happens. Yeah. Uh, because you can have a quarterback in week 15 or week 16 have a good game, and all of a sudden they're a top three candidate. So is he just going to sell for offensive player of the year? Is that what and that's the thing him? is, like, I think he's got a better shot at getting offensive player of the year than he does um, getting MVP, which is mm-hmm. kind of – I think they should just change the name of, of just, the, the best um, Most valuable best quarterback of the league yeah. or uh, MVP most valuable quarterback offensive player of the year is actual uh, best player it, of the year. Or do exactly. we just make that just running backs then? <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever we can do to get Derrick Henry an award for how freaking good he is, is mm-hmm. with. So um, I'm going to have to sell the statement, but I'm going to buy Tractor Cito season, and I'm going to buy that the Titans are going to make a deep run in the playoffs because I think they are the second-best team in the AFC. That's right. Hey, hey, I was hot on the Titans for a little bit. Uh, of course, my love for them kind of took it over the last couple of weeks, but – they just show oh, us what, what they can. Hold on, hold on, Ross. What? Hold on. What? Hold on. What? This is coming from the same guy that was on the other side of the uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I, I said Tennessee the whole way. You were saying Pittsburgh, okay? No, I I, I know, but yeah. but now I'm but now I'm flipping, and now I'm saying Tennessee. So so. Hey, I, so you're you're joining my I team? I, owe, I know. I said I think I owe you an apology. Hey, Alex. I was I was on Pittsburgh earlier, and even though they're eleven and zero, and and they they put out for me that week, and and they good i'm starting to flip the script now because it's tractor cito season hey, hey derrick henry has a way of changing people's minds i do appreciate you better late than never to uh hop on the bandwagon alex it's great to have you on and Thanks, i'm man. going to buy this statement not because i really do believe that rainback should have a chance at the mvp maybe not this year because patrick Mahomes and aaron Rodgers are undoubtedly the top two guys for that award right now, uh, Mahomes, of course, the f- number one spot. There's no, Running away with it. There's no debate about it. It's going to turn into LeBron James' issue where he's going to be doing this every single year, but he's not going to get MVP because he's we're used to seeing this, and that's a whole different discussion we can go down. He's competing down. against himself every single year. Exactly. Too- exactly. Uh, but I will say that, that between, we all know the third would be Russell Wilson, 
or it would be Derrick Henry. And I, as of right now, I believe Derrick Henry is a better MVP candidate than Russell Wilson. Uh, that's not saying much. It's really like uh, like one, two, three, A and B. But I'm going by this. Derrick Henry, if he's not, he should be a top three MVP candidate. The fourth statement is, I don't think it's much. It'd be interesting if we could actually debate about, get a debate about this because I don't see one. And that is that the Jets are better without Sam Darnold on the field. And they are better with the elite one, Joe Flacco. Can you, so before I answer this question, I'm going to need you to define what better means. Because the way I'm looking at it, doesn't matter who's on the field. They aren't getting any W's. So I'm saying better as in having at least as many touchdowns to interceptions in a game offensively. Hmm, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll buy that part. What, what, what's crazy to think, though, is... I mean, I think we had this this debate earlier in the year of, you know, if Sam Darnold goes to a different team, could, you know, he actually turn his value around and could he be a serviceable starting yeah, quarterback? This is probably back when they were only 0-4 instead of 0-1. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think that we're just, we just give too much credit to a guy that, that has the mold of a quarterback, like a, a prototypical franchise quarterback, and we overlook the fact that he's just not that good. Nope. And, <laughs> You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this statement because I just don't think Sam Darnold's that good of a quarterback. I think he's, um, he, you know, it's 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 one thing with with these guys that are, you know, he's six foot five, six mm-hmm. foot. Six, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's pretty mobile. He's big. He's he has um, a sixth sense. He has more than five senses. He has a six because he sees ghosts. Me and Jalen exactly. talked about this so a number of months yeah, ago. He's, he's got that going for him at least. But uh, <laughs> I, I think these guys they dominate at such a high level in you know in peewee in high school even in college he was a good quarterback and then when he gets into the nfl and it it takes um you know preparation reading the defense he didn't have to do that in high school he didn't have to do that in college because he was so dang talented on talent yeah exactly now when everyone's talented and more talented just doesn't work and and i agree with you alex i'm going to buy this statement because at least uh I feel like Joe Flacco normally at least it throws like if he throws for an interception or two, he's at least throwing for another touchdown or two because, yeah. uh, I mean, garbage time. Uh, but that's besides the point. At least he's not afraid to sling it. And he actually knows what kind of team he's looking for. And we could also put more weight into Joe Flacco as he is a Super Bowl champion um, in, mm-hmm. in, in his own right. So we do have to re- respect that a little bit. I feel like it's easy for you to bash Sam Darnold, USC graduate and Sam Darnold. Of course, you UCLA guy. So uh, that rivalry is right there all set up for you. But oh, yeah. the Sam Darnold is just not a good quarterback. It's time to cut bait. It's time to – I would bench him so he can't l- – his stock is already extremely low. His trade value already extremely low. You're not going to get Jack from. You might be able to get a six rounder if you're lucky. So what I say right now, bench him so his draft his stock can't or for his trade value to, can't get any lower. So yeah. you can at least get a six instead of having to sell for a seventh or let alone just cut the guy. Put Joe Flacco in if you want to. Mm, if you want to win game, you put Joe Flacco in. If you're the Jets, you keep. Sorry, I recanted my sim. If you're the Jets, you keep Sam Darnold on the field as much as possible because you need that 0 16. You need that perfect season so you can get the button, the man, the myth, the legend, Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Darnold goes well for the Jets, but when it comes to winning, nah, <laughs> not yeah, so no. much. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's crazy that. The, the two the two LA quarterbacks that came out in the same draft class Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold Suck. 
both were horrible, but at least the Arizona Cardinals saw, you know, had foresight and were like, hmm, I think Josh Rosen's a bad quarterback. Let's get a second. They got a second round pick for think that's pretty good. And I feel like out of the two, Josh Rosen is in the the, the better spot, or he's almost in the worst spot because at least Sam Darnold has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to mm-hmm. prove to the league that he sucks. Yeah. I mean, Josh Rose, on the other hand, he got a handful of games with a god-awful Cardinals team, and since then he hasn't had the chance. So I, I, I kind of feel for him in a way. Do I think he's he would be an NFL starter anyway? No, I do not. Don't put no. words into my mouth because he's not that good. But I, at least Sam Jarlin has gotten the chance to prove that he sucks. And then speaking about bad quarterbacks and teams that can win, let's talk about the team that got blown out on Sunday night football. Is mm. it? So here we go. Fifth game, Alex. It's time for a full rebuild in Chicago. Um, You know, I, th- I think it's – I'm going to – first off, I'm going to sell this statement because okay. I think in the NFL, it's just – it's it's really really tough to do a full rebuild. Mm-hmm. It's not like basketball. You can't just throw anyone out there and they're not going to get embarrassed or not going to get hurt. But when you're in the NFL, it's really hard to put out a product that is, you know, is that bad because you start to get into the territory of, um, you know, these 0 16 teams, which just become laughing stocks of the league. And it is so hard to rebuild your brand from there that a full rebuild just it doesn't make sense from a, from a team building perspective. Um, they have good pieces still. They have Khalil Mack. They have, um, they have Kyle Fuller. They have Eddie Jackson. They have talent there. Could those guys get a boatload of first round picks? Probably. Is it worth it? I don't think so. I think they just need to, um, a fire Maggie, mm-hmm. B fire Ryan pace yep. and C get a quarterback that you can actually build with. So if you're, if you're, tanking for a quarterback this was the year to do it they already mm-hmm. set opportunities so until the next trevor lawrence comes around i think that they can't rebuild because that's just not good team building mm. it's not a way to establish longevity so i don't think it's time for a full rebuild but i think it's time to be selective and go after the next trevor lawrence whenever that opportunity arises but in the meantime you know, you know, field your six and 10, seven and nine, eight and eight teams, because you don't want to completely flip the script and turn into the dolphins or turn into the Browns or turn into the jets, because it's so hard to, to rebuild that image. Hey, turn and, to the dolphins, put a little more respect on the dolphins there, Alex. But, but still, they were, they were still like a laughing stock of the league for like, yeah, they're for, for a solid amount of time. I mean, between, yeah, so it's just between the end of Dan Marino and probably until this season, mm-hmm. it's not been yeah. pretty for them. Then with this, no. Alex, I am. I'm just going to have to buy it. It's it, it's time for change, big change in in Chicago because this. So 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 spell me out what mm-hmm. rebuild looks like in Chicago. What would full you do? Rebuild means replacing the team and the the front office. So I mean, get okay. rid of Matt Nagy, get rid of the GM, okay. get rid of the quarterback, um, trade away Khalil Mack, trade away Allen Robinson, probably trade away David Montgomery as well. I mean. Just clean that place out. Don't have any notable stars because they're not going to be doing any good for you <laughs> when you're on the 7-9 team, even with them. No matter what you do, I mean, the most important part is going to be Matt Nagy because 
Yeah. He sucks. I, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, why Matt Nagy has had so much kind of rain and why he's had such a long leash. It's because, it's because I'm going to make a point here, Alex. I'm going to get on my soapbox real quick. And the dumbest okay. thing going on in the NFL right now is hiring just based off of coaching trees. I mean, we've seen the Belichick coaching tree. I just talked about this um, earlier in the show with finally getting Matt Patricia out of Detroit. We, we've had... I mean, Josh McDonald's, when he went to go be head coach for the Broncos a number of years back, around the 2010 era, he sucked. He was so bad. And the best coach statistically as, um, from the Bill Belichick coaching tree is Bill O'Brien. And that tells you all you need to know about the success of that tree. Um, and Matt Nagy, he's only a product of the Andy Reid um, um, tree. And he sucks, man. He's just... Not good. He's an awful head coach, but the only reason that they're giving him this much slack is because, oh, Andy Reid coaching tree. Oh, Andy Reid's so good. Oh, Matt Nagy must be good by default. No, that's not how it works. You're not going to get a, be a better coach through osmosis or, or, or some, some crap like that. Getting a little scientific on this. Damn right. We're an educational show, too. Let's add that tag. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, can we hire based off of actual proven abilities whether it be college or nfl or as a as assistant coach as a head coach somewhere else can we actually have coaches prove themselves instead of just being oh i coach for this guy and he's really good so i'm really good i'm still gonna die on the hill of i don't think bill o'brien was as disastrous of a coach as everyone else thinks he is disaster gm disaster gm of course he is as a coach, he had a lot of division titles. I think he ended with a winning record. So Yeah, he was questionable as a coach, but we all know as a GM, just <laughs> dumpster uh, fire. I mean, and, and also in three years, I think the uh, – I mean, after Scott finished bashing the Dolphins, but um, I think Brian Flores is going to end up being the best coaching disciple of Bill Belichick going forward. He has he has to be the answer. He has to be right. Yeah. I mean, unless they completely just fall off a cliff this year. Which... Sleep on Joe Judge either. Joe Judge isn't bad, man. I'm Joe... kidding. Joe, hey, you say that, but Joe he could Judge be a, he could be a division winner with Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see that bad. Colt McCoy still got robbed in the national championship game like a decade ago when he got injured. Okay, against Bama. Yeah. That I still feel bad for that. But there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Those are our five statements, and we bought and sold a lot of them. Um, just to let us know what you got in the comments again, Twitter, um, Apple Podcasts. And let's get on into our power rankings. All right, so let's get into these power rankings then. Of course, a little recap. Our last week's power rankings, the week 12 ones, I had from 5 to 1, I had the Packers, the Bucks, the Saints, the Steelers, and the Kansas City Chiefs as your best team in the league. Now, we did see a little movement this week, but it's not going to be as much as we've seen in some of the weeks. But our week 13 power rankings are going to start off with number five. They go from previously unranked um, to making a push into here now. You have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they dropped out last week. They're going to be making a return this week. They are your number five. They are looking really good in that AFC East division, and they're still looking like a team that's going to run away with that divisional crown and team that is looking like a good playoff team. They they really do. Uh, of course, it's a little iffy sometimes, but I like what I see with the Bills, and I believe that they are deserving of this spot as of right now. But it's really, really close to the other team teams that just barely missed out. Number four. This week, they're going to move up. They were a number five team last week, the Packers. The Packers are going to move up to number four this week after a phenomenal performance on Sunday Night Football. I mean, Aaron Rodgers still looks amazing. And just 
Green Bay. It's not that hard. You win a whole draft without doing anything for Aaron Rodgers. You guys have a really good potential this year at actually making a great playoff push. So you still need weapons. You still need wide receiver help for for, for the, the, the sake of everything, man. Just sign Kenny Stills already, please. Texans just released him. He's supposed to be going to a contender. You need wide receiver help. You get Kenny Stills. It's not that hard of a thing to do. Oh my, Green Bay. Green Bay. When are you going to sign him, damn it? Just hurry up and get to it because it should not be taking this long. Oh, I guess that's besides the point. But you guys, just, just make it happen already. You'll be a better team for that. And then... Our number three team is still going to be the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they looked, I mean, out fine. They look great. There's still no one really in NFC that can match them at this point, especially with their only other kind of contender uh, being in their own division. With the Rams losing, the Seahawks winning a, a poor game um, to their offensive standards. So they're still the top dog in the NFC, and they're still number three. Number two. Just because they're undefeated, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. If they weren't, if they lost the game, they would still be top five. But I probably have the Packers over them too. The Saints and Packers. They might be dropped down number five, but they are a undefeated team. They have one of the best defenses in the league. I still have to respect that. They're still number two. Of course, number one's going to be Kansas City because you cannot, <laughs> you can't duel them. Their offense is just too damn good. It's better than last year, and they are rivaling, um, uh, rivaling. Uh, that 2013 Broncos team that made it to the Super Bowl that had, of course, they got blown out. But they had, one, statistically and, and just in terms of talent, they had one of the greatest offenses of all time. The Chiefs are really damn close to matching that and surpassing it. Um, dropping out this week was the Tampa Bay Bucks, of course. And on the cusp, the teams that I have barely missing the top five are the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans. Of course, if any one of these teams slips up, they'll probably be in there sooner rather than later. But there we go. There's the top five from five to one. The Bills, Packers, Saints, Steelers, Chiefs. Let me know what you guys think about that, whether you leave it in the comments, whether you um, hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, or you can best of all go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review with your week 13 top five power rankings. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us for this week. This has been our NFL Week 12 Power Rank, um, um, Week 12 NFL Breakdown, excuse me. Uh, make sure to check out all of our great content going on right now. Getting a lot of interviews done recently. If you're a UFC or MMA fan, you should be very happy with the stuff that we got going on right now. Of course, a couple weeks ago, we had Justin Janes a couple times. We had uh, recently, last week, released Sasha Platnikov. Um, the earlier, um, I just released uh, this week with Alex Morano. He's fighting a UFC Vegas 17 now. Justin James is fighting UFC Vegas 16. Um, just today, earlier, um, I just announced that I did an interview with Sharks play-by-play commentator, the great Randy Hahn. Uh, that'll be out soon. Of course, we got another interview going down later this week. So a lot of great stuff for you guys. Just keep it tuned here. We only need, as of recording this, only one more subscriber left until we're 100 for YouTube. So if you have any ideas uh, for our 100 subscriber special, just let us know. It's been fantastic. And we really, really, really do appreciate the hell out of you guys. And every single one of you that has ever listened to one of our videos, whether you've loved it, whether you've hated it, I, I still really do appreciate you. Thanks for sticking to the end. Thanks for tuning in this week. And we will catch you guys in the next one.